Ikemekwanu of NC State is an absolute mauler in the run game and has all of the tools necessary to be a productive tackle in the NFL. Is he a good fit for the Jets, though? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, April 15th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And I thank you for making this show your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Well, today we have a Prospect Friday show. Each Friday during the offseason, I've tried to profile one prospect who could interest the Jets in the upcoming NFL draft, talk about the things the player does well, some of the things the player needs to work on, and whether or not the player is a good fit for the Jets. And today we are going to turn our attention to the offensive line, and we're going to discuss Ikem Iki Akwanu, a tackle out of NC State. This is a player who could go higher than number four. He may be off the board by the time the Jets make their first selection. There has been some buzz all offseason about him going higher than four, so it's not even clear he'll be available for the Jets, but there's a possibility he is there when the Jets pick at fourth overall. Odds are against him falling to 10, but the Jets conceivably could be interested in Equanu at four because we all know Joe Douglas loves to build the offensive line. So Equanu is the focus of our show today, and I'm going to begin by talking about the things that I think he does well. And I have to say, I think that this is a player who conceivably potentially has the tools to play four of the five positions on the offensive line. I think he's got the skill set, potentially, I mean, there are some, some things he needs to work on, but potentially he could play either tackle or either guard slot. I don't think he could play center, but at any of the other four slots, he conceivably could work out. And we all know that the tackle positions in the NFL are more valuable than the guard positions. It's easier to find a tackle than it is a guard. In fact, guard is a position you kind of graduate to for many players. If you aren't athletic enough to handle the edge at tackle, then they slide you inside if you've got good power to your game. And Equanu has tremendous power. That's probably the best aspect of his game. You know, there's a there's an old there's an old description of an offensive lineman. He has a nasty streak. Equanu definitely has that. He has very strong hands. That's especially evident in the run game. I mean, once he latches on to somebody, it's pretty much over. I mean, with those hands, he just he's able to manhandle people. He's able to maul in the running game. And you know, there's another expression: the guy's always looking for work. And that's something that that becomes evident when you watch him on film. When he's not blocking anybody, he tries to find somebody to block. You know, if there's nobody who's coming into his area, because there are some plays where. The design works out that the guy you were supposed to block doesn't either doesn't rush the pass or they drop and they don't really fly up against the run. So Aquanu then finds somebody he can double team. He you know, figures out who the guy next to him is blocking and kind of pounds that guy. So this is a guy who you know, and you'd like to see that in an offensive lineman. If you offensive line is a spot where physicality matters a lot, and Aquanu loves physicality. But beyond that, and that 
those are some of the reasons that, you know, I think you could work out a guard. But I think you always want to focus on what a player can do at tackle before you focus on what they can do at guard. Listen, I'm not saying guards aren't valuable. I think anybody who's ever watched the Colts the last couple of seasons and seen what Quentin Nelson has been able to do understands the value of a great guard. But it's easier to find a guard than it is a tackle. That's not so easy to find a guard in today's NFL anymore, which could make drafting a player just to play guard high a reasonable idea. But I think you always prefer a tackle to a guard just because of the scarcity of quality tackles out there. And if you look at Nekwanu's movement skills, I mean, he has the physical ability. He has he has the athleticism to get out and protect the edge. And that's really important, you know, especially in passing downs. When you're going up against some of the premium edge rushers in the NFL, a lot of those guys line up really wide and you need to fire off the ball. You need to you need you know you need to kick outside and make sure you cut cut off their angle. But beyond that, he has the requisite length to play at the tackle position in the NFL. Long arms are essential, and Iguanu's got that. He's got a nice, he's got long arms. He's got a good wingspan, and the reason that's important is because the tackles you go against in this league are very talented, and you have to stay balanced to be able to block them effectively. Because if you're if you're leaning forward to try and block them, they're going to essentially use your leverage against you. If you're if you're not balanced, they'll be, figure out a way to use your body weight and kind of toss you aside. And that's where arm length comes into play. And you may not understand, you know, you always hear leading up to the NFL draft, whether somebody has long enough arms to play the tackle position. And essentially that's why, because that allows you to control a player who's a, little, who's a distance away from you while maintaining your center of gravity, while maintaining that balance. And beyond that, I think the movement skills also come into play in another area for the Jets, because the Jets are more a zone-blocking team than a man-blocking team. Now, there are two types of run plays in football. There are zone plays and there are man plays. Well, there, there's more than two, but those are the two th- Those are the two most common run plays. There are zone plays, or most common styles of plays. So there are different zone plays. There are different man-blocking plays. And there, again, there are some others, but those are the, the two main styles. And the Jets run more of a zone scheme than a man scheme. Zone blocking essentially means that you're blocking an area either to your left or to your right. It's not, it's you just take whoever ends up there. And off the snap, everybody on the offensive line moves in the same direction. And that's one of the reasons you hear when a team is, runs a zone blocking scheme, you hear about how athleticism is more important than raw strength. Ideally, you want both, but athleticism is at a premium in the zone scheme because people are moving off the snap. And essentially, the idea behind one of the ideas behind a zone blocking scheme is that with everybody moving laterally, the defense has to follow you because the you know defensive players need to can, need to follow the football where the football's going, and the football's obviously going to go behind where the offensive line's going. So instead of needing to push back that you know 320 pound nose tackle, you get him moving, and maybe he overruns the play, or maybe a, a gap forms, or maybe he doesn't get out quick enough, and you you create gaps, and you know, maybe you, maybe even if even if the guy's getting good leverage on you, you can get a good angle on him. Equanu, I think, has the, the skills to play in his own scheme. But because of his power, he can also play in a man scheme. And the Jets run plenty of man-blocking concepts as well. So I think if you're looking at this player, you can understand why he's probably going to be a top-five pick. He has all the physical tools you need to be able to have success in this league. At Again, I think any of the four, four of the five offensive line positions... 
And beyond that, I think he's got the skills to play both in zone blocking schemes and man blocking schemes. And that's kind of essential in today's NFL because, you know, you go back 20 years or so, there were teams that exclusively ran one style of run play. You know, there, there were teams where you, you may, I think some of these teams may have run like something like 90% of zone, 90% of the runs were zone runs if you were a zone blocking team. Today's NFL, there's much more of a mix. Your offenses need to be much more diverse. Your offenses need to be much more multiple. And I think Iguanu can really fit into any of these areas. And beyond that, the left tackle, the other offensive line spots have increased in prominence. You know, we, we used to talk about left tackle as the premium position on the offensive line. I think in general, offensive line is a premium position in the NFL just because it's, it's, it's become hard to find guys. It's become hard to develop players. There are reasons for that. You know, part of it goes into the schemes that are run in college that don't really train players for the NFL. There, there are lots of different reasons behind behind that. But ultimately, left tackle, I think, remains the most important position. Even though a lot of right tackles face the premium pass rushers, and I always say this, I say this all the time, your quarterback doesn't see the guy who's rushing against the left tackle. And especially if you've got a quarterback that you've either drafted recently or a quarterback who's a, who's you've decided is your franchise quarterback who's been with you for a while, you want to make sure the guy he can't see is blocked. You want to make sure that the tack, left tackle blocking him can do the job. And that could be an area where Iquano can be really valuable because he conceivably could be a left tackle in this league. But again, he could, you know, he could play right tackle conceivably. He could play left guard. He could slide into right guard. Lots of different areas where this player could help a team. And that's one. That's another reason where he could where he could go high is that even if you don't need a left tackle, this could be a guy who could be a dominant player in another position. But as with any prospect, there are things I think Ikemikwanu needs to work on, and I'll discuss some of those ahead here on this Friday episode of Locked On Jets. NFL draft season is approaching. The first round is now less than two weeks away, and you should know that BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to, to learn more about the trends and action. And even though it is the NFL offseason, you can bet, you can place bets on the NFL draft, where players will be selected, which players will go first overall, who will be available when the Jets are on the board. Yesterday, I had my friend Kyle Newman on to discuss some of the odds. He doesn't think Ika McQuanu, who we're talking about today, is going to be there for the Jets at four, at least based on the odds. But you can wager at Bet Online if you think you know what's going to happen at the NFL draft. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. Now a big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune into Locked On NFL's draft live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. On today's show... We are talking about Ika Mikwanu, a tackle prospect who could conceivably slide into guard in the NFL out of NC State. He could be an option for the Jets with the fourth overall pick in this year's draft. We've talked about the things he does well, and I think this is a guy prototypical tools at, 
either the tackle or the guard position in this league. I think there are some technical things, though, he needs to work on. I think there are some inconsistencies in this technical game. And I'm actually different from a lot of people on this because a lot of people think he's very technically refined. I'm not sure I, I agree with that. Now, I think to the extent there's criticism of him, it's more in the tackle roles. I think there are a lot of people who think he's a pure plug-and-play type guard. Maybe he needs a little bit of work with the footwork and, and pass protection at the tackle position. So there are some people who think maybe he begins his career at guard, then slides out to tackle. And yes, I, I do think that there are some inconsistencies when he plays the tackle position. And there's one tendency he has, which is to overset. And I talked in the first segment about how sometimes you, again, on obvious passing downs, you have defensive linemen or outside linebackers rush the passer with a really wide alignment. You got to get out there to get them. I think sometimes he goes a little bit too far outside and that leaves him susceptible to an inside move. And it's kind of frustrating when, when watching him because he doesn't need to overset. You know, this is a guy who, if the guy, if the pass rusher is going to go outside, is going to redirect outside, Equano's athletic enough to slide further out there. He doesn't need to leave himself vulnerable inside. So it, it's one of those things where he doesn't, It's he's not doing it because he's not athletic enough. He's just doing it because I think he still needs a little technical refinement to his games. You know, some, sometimes a guy oversets just because he knows he's not athletic enough to, to handle the speed rush. That's not the case here with Iguanu. Again, it's more just something he's got to learn. And I think it, his hand placement can be kind of inconsistent. Sometimes he can lean. He can get, get himself off his center of gravity. And that's dangerous. Again, again in the NFL, with the top, top pass rushers, you're not going to be able to rely on pure strength. You're not going to be able to completely dominate other players based on your raw strength and so you've got to be able to win with technique because the guys are just too good everybody's big everybody's strong in the nfl you have to be able to use proper technique and his hand placement again is a little inconsistent i think sometimes he leans he leaves himself susceptible to counter moves by edge rushers it's something he's going to have to work on in the nfl another issue i see with this game and this is in the run game and this is an area where i really differ with a lot of people i think that the issues with the hand placement also show up when he's run blocking and in college i don't think it really manifested itself i don't think you could really see it that much because again he was able to rely on his pure strength his you know his pure ability to just maul because he was so much bigger so much stronger than the opposition in the nfl Again, you've got to be able to use proper technique. You have, need to, I think there are times, on, especially on zone runs, where maybe he flies out, you know, he loses his balance on his stance a little bit, you know, doesn't get himself in good position and leaves himself susceptible to, again, counter moves. And these are things that make me wonder whether he really is a plug-and-play type guy, even at the guard position. And I'm not saying he can't be. Again, I say this every week. These are just the flaws that I see right now. This doesn't necessarily mean that these are unfixable flaws. This doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to take forever to get them right. I mean, sometimes some guys step into an NFL training camp and they get the best coaching of their careers. You know, they get better coaching than they've received at any other level before. And it's a very quick fix. They're, they have it fixed by the end of training camp and they're ready to play immediately. And again, I go back to just his raw toolkit. You know, his strength, his athletic ability, his length. 
He's a guy who has all the tools he needs. And I'm, I don't want to make about this. It's not like it's Greg Robinson where he has no idea how to play tackle. Greg Robinson was a bust from years and years ago. He's kind of like my go-to guy for like just the raw athlete, you know, the, the big guy and the athletic guy at tackle who can't really, who just doesn't have any idea how to use technique. I, I don't think he's like that. I mean, I think he's, he's not awful at these things. The thing I'm saying are, are inconsistencies, things that pop up that could be an issue early in his career. It's not like this guy is like starting from square one. There are plenty of reps you see where he's using really good technique, where he's completely dominating guys by putting his hands in the proper place, by maintaining proper leverage. These are things, these are more things you have to clean up. These are things that they're more, he's got to work on a little bit if he wants to succeed in the NFL. But these are, we're not starting from square one. We're not, we're not like starting from zero and saying you need to get to 10. I'd say he's more like six or seven and then he's got to get to 10. But those are areas that I think he needs to clean up. So we've talked about the things Ika McQuano does well. We've talked about some of the things he needs to work on. Is he a fit for the Jets? That's what we will discuss as we close out this Friday episode of Locked On Jets. Today we're talking about Ika McQuano. He could be a top five pick in the NFL draft, but if there was ever a protein bar mock draft, Built Bar would be the number one overall pick. In fact, I'm very confident every team would be trying to trade up to number one overall for Built Bar. The only question is which Built Bar they'd want because there are so many delicious flavors from mint brownie to coconut to coconut almond. These bars are all delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're protein bars. They don't taste like them, though, because Built Bars, at Built Bar, they figure out how to make it taste great, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And they do both, because, again, all bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and most bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare it to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com, check out all the Built Bars available for you, and if you decide you like one of them, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. We are talking about NC State's Ike Mekwanu, a guy who could be an option for the Jets, at pick number four. And now we're going to close out the show and talking about whether or not he's a good fit. And I think if the Jets go offensive line this year, it would be a controversial move because if you look at the weak spots on this roster, and there are many, offensive line's not one of them. In fact, you could argue offensive line is one of the few units on this team that's above average based on their play last year. And yes, you lost Morgan Moses, but hopefully you're getting Mekhi Becton back. The Jets have young talent on the offensive line. They've drafted offensive linemen in the first round the last two years. So that makes it difficult to go offensive line again. But we know Joe Douglas loves building the offensive line. He's a he's a big believer in the idea that you build your offense first with the quarterback, but then with the offensive line. So I think Iquanu could very well be the pick if he's available at four. In fact, if he's there at four, I almost feel like he will be the pick because that probably means the top pass rushers went earlier. Because the teams picking above the Jets, especially Jacksonville and Detroit, you know they're probably p- taking pass rushers if Aquan is available. So, would it make sense for the Jets as a pick? Well, I think from a couple of standpoints you could make the argument. The first standpoint is that while the Jets have used first-round picks on the offensive line the last two years, those are the only two young players on the offensive line. Everybody else is going to be 29 on opening day. Two of these guys are going to be in the last year of their contract. One of them's a tackle, George Fant, who just turned 30. You know, so is Fant a long-term player? He played well last year. I think there are other questions about Fant. 
can he maintain the level of play that he had last year? That's another open question. I'm not sure about it. Becton himself is a bit of a question mark. And, you know, I, as much as we hope Becton steps back into the lineup and plays effectively, he's not exactly a sure thing either. So you could use the, you could view this as I'm not sure so sure it's hedging your bets as much as there are question marks about these players. The Jets may not be sold on one of these two tackles, and if they're not, Iquano becomes a viable option. So there's that aspect of it. Another aspect of it is the offensive line is decent, but I go back to what I've been saying all week. There's no unit on the Jets that dominates. There's no unit that forces the other team to change its approach. If you add a quantity to this offensive line, it could be dominant. You know, George Fant's a decent player. George Fant's never going to be like an all pro level player. Equanu, I'm not, I would never predict any player is going to be an all, I would never definitively say any player is going to be an all pro level player. Equanu has that kind of potential. So, and that's the reason he's, you know, that's obviously the reason he's a top pick this year. That's the reason he's going to go off the board in the top five. So, it may, sometimes you improve your roster not by making a weakness better, but sometimes you, improve your roster by making a strength, taking an area that's a relative strength and making it better. So I don't know that this is going to be the most popular selection if the Jets make it. And I can understand the arguments against it, but I think that offensive line might be a bigger need than people make it out to be. And if it is, I think Equanu could very well be an option for this team. But I'd love to hear what you have to say. That's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Leave it a five-star review. If you're listening on a podcast source, thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Helps the channel out tremendously. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.